You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that the story of Jacob is the story of his children, noting, in his words, the silliness of individualism. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Chapter 37 continues, 36, remember how in the past we didn't have uh, chapters and verses, so the movement is after the reference of the dwellings in the land of possession or the land that has been offered and taken, the author is pushing. And this is what happens again when you stop at the end of 36 and you say, okay, that's the point. No, the point carries on. The author is pushing the way he did in chapter 26 from yashab to the verb gur, sojourn. In other words, you stay in a place the way a shepherd lives in a place. You keep moving from one place to another. And it is powerful. It repeats the same phraseology as Genesis 26 that spoke of Isaac. Here, the author applies the same thing to Jacob. He dwelt, which is the verb yashab, from which we had dwellings in the previous verse. But the land that is mentioned, which was the land of the possession or of the taking, suddenly it becomes the land of the sojournings of his father, Megure Abiu. Very important. In the Eretz of Canaan, I mean, it's powerful, the original. It is in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. And thus, the hearer of the original cannot miss the fact that the area where Jacob dwelt and thus lived are the oases in the land of Canaan, not the totality of the land of Canaan. But this is how things are viewed, especially in our modern world, whether each tribe wants to have its own land with the horizon around it, the limits, as you hear in Latin, and thus it is mine. It is not yours. The oasis is not yours. You just use it. It's being offered to you. And only then, in this, let's call it settlement, you have, it's the only time where RSV disturbs completely uh, 
it disturbs it, but also gives you, at the same time, the meaning. Elle toledot Jacob, it translated here not just the generations of Jacob, but it is the history of the family of Jacob. It disturbs it completely, but it is interesting because it renders the connotation of the original. And the original means, as I keep telling you time and again, it is the story of the children. The story of Jacob is in his children. Remember Genesis 21. God blessed the procreation. I mean, this individualism, I exist, is a silliness. You heard me in the classroom. If I take you, before you get married or before you had lain with a woman uh, whom, who became pregnant, and I throw you in the Canadian wilderness, even among the trees, but it's a wilderness in its own way, and you die there, it means you never existed. Really, Father Paul, can you say that? Yes, I can, biblically speaking. Notice in the Toledot of Shem, it ends with Terah, Terah. Then you have the Toledot of Terah, and then you hear the mention of his children at the end of Genesis 11. Come on, friends, please, uh, help me out. Help your unborn generations out. I don't need your help. I'm inviting you to realize what is written. But the interesting thing here is that you have the name of one of the children of Jacob who is not the firstborn. Suddenly you have Joseph being 17 years old was shepherding the flock with his brothers. There you go. And from 37 until 50, which is 14 chapters, the third of the book of Genesis is about the Toledot of Jacob as reflected in the story of Joseph and only him. It cannot be more powerful than that. The rest do not count and I'm going to show you slowly on how the text is built up in this way to put aside the others and more importantly as I shall mention Judah and Benjamin who will become very important at the beginning of the story of the kingdoms okay let's hear it again these are the Toledot of Jacob Joseph son of 17 years was shepherding with his brother in the flock because he used et before he didn't want to repeat it 
and he, a lad, a young boy, which means he was a lad, a young boy, with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought an ill report to them, to their father. So, what you hear here, not what you see, we're not in Hollywood, or in your churches on Sundays. We are hearing that the entirety of the Toledot of Jacob settles sediments in Joseph, that person who will be the main star of the story between 37 and 50. Now, in order to make things not so much easier, but simpler to us, you know, and not go too much in details, and you have noticed that although I detailed to some extent, but not as much as in the past, because when you have a total story, it's like when you're hearing the story of the prodigal son of the Samaritan, you need to hear it all in its entirety. You cannot separate it, and it makes sense only in its entirety. And the story of Joseph, or what scholars call the cycle of Joseph, you know, you have the cycle of Abraham, the cycle of Isaac, the cycle of Jacob. Here, technically, the most important part of the story of Jacob is in the story of his Toledot, namely Joseph. That's what the author is trying to stress to you. That you can even forget about the silliness of Jacob in the previous chapters. The real Jacob is the one that is reflected through Joseph. And this will remain with us in the story of the kingdoms for those who know Scripture, and all of you know that, you remember that the kingdom of the north, Samaria, is called Jacob, Israel, or Joseph. The kingdom of the south is called typically Judah. And that is very important to bring to mind at this point to show my hearers that that feature continues in Scripture. It's not only here. As very often I hear people say, only here. There is no only here. If you can't see the connection, then you're not hearing Scripture. You're making your own story. And this is what theology, especially the way it developed in the churches of the Reformation, they wanted to cover up for the silliness of the fact that started, you know, the one church of Christ, and they ended up by being, I don't know by now how many churches. To cover up for that, they started, that seeped in the word council of churches, where we have different voices. We have the voice of John and the voice of Luke. 
and the voice of Mark. And notice how they eliminate Jesus, because if they get to Jesus, they will be stuck. You cannot make Jesus 14. But they have their own. The Matthean Jesus and the Markan Jesus, which means Matthew and Mark. Different voices, and the Anglicans push this to the extreme to again justify their being Roman Catholic and yet not Roman Catholic, but not Protestants and so on. They introduce that in the World Council of Churches where you have the different voices and expressions of the life of the church. Okay? Not that I am backing the Orthodox who say that their church is the only church. No church is the church of Paul. The church of Paul is only in the text. And that's why it always challenges you. But people don't like that. That's why they critique Paul. He's always irate against his parishioners. Without saying it, that's what they mean. They think that the Corinthians were the parishioners of Paul. No, he's frustrated because they are not behaving according to the teaching. All his letters are around this mood. So, what do we find in that famous cycle of Joseph? I'm going to go over the main features that would reflect at the same time the oneness of this story. It's not Joseph did this and did that and so on. It's the story of Joseph. Whether he was in Canaan, whether he was sold, whether he arrived in Egypt, whether he went to prison and so on, this is the one Joseph whose bones will land in the hill country of Ephraim. Can you imagine? Joseph dies at the end of Genesis, and as I shall quote a little bit later, you hear at the end of Joshua 24, can you imagine, you go over Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua where technically you don't hear about Joseph, and suddenly the story is bracketed, ending with the mention of his bones. Because at the end of 50, and I'll quote these texts, he asked the people to take his bones and then in Exodus 13, Moses took the bones of Joseph and took them until we land there. But as I shall show you, Joseph does not end there because it reappears in the first two chapters of Matthew in an extremely interesting way. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network. 